welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Here I be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you are absolutely in the right place because this is where the best run. We say it, we mean it, and it's always true. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. Here's a quote I found from David Meerman Scott, young man born in 1961. I get to say he's young. American online marketing strategist and author of books on marketing, including the new rules of marketing and PR. Here's the quote, seven little words, pack a punch, listen up. You sell more when you stop selling. Hmm, interesting. So what's our topic today? Well, I have another quote from William Bruce Cameron from 1963, his Informal Sociology, A Casual Introduction to Sociological Thinking. This will help put everything together for us. Not everything that can be counted counts. And not everything that counts can be counted. So what are we talking about today? We're hearing exciting success stories about the new sales elite. Who are they? They're savvy quota overachievers. Now, if you're in selling, you want to be known as a savvy quota overachiever. How do they get there? Well, they're using digital selling techniques and tools. How are they using them? A little bit? No. Casually? No. Just dabbling? No. They're using them methodically. They're using them with purpose. They're using them with energy and diligence. They know what they're doing, and that's their plan. But what if you have non-quota carriers on your sales team? They're not officially sales members. They're marketers. They're other business groups, and they want to be part of getting your company word out there, but they really don't know how to do, we used to call it social selling. Now we're calling it digital selling. How can you help them use social tools to boost their impact and exponentially add to the value of everybody who is selling and being an advocate and ambassador for your company? That's a lot to think about. And that's why we have three experts on the show today. Let me tell you who they are, and then we'll get started. First up, we're welcoming Chuck Shaver, Director of Sales and Associate Partner of Vengresso. We've had so many Vengresso people on the show. We're happy to welcome Chuck. Next up will be Kristen Lawrence, VP of Client Success. I like your title, Kristen, at Grapevine 6. And Grapevine 6 has sent us so many wonderful people for our show. So welcome, Kristen Lawrence. And rounding out the panel is our returning guest, Marco Kai. He is Global Head of Social Selling Training and Enablement. That's a big title. I like to see the business card, Marco, at SAP. Welcome to my three panelists. Let's start off with Chuck Shaver. Chuck has sent us a quote from Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac. Now, we're going back in time to the 1930s. 30s? Not 1930s. It must be the 1730s. Let me just read a little background. Benjamin Franklin's greatest business accomplishment came from the publication of Poor Richard's Almanac. Here's the real date. On December 19, 1732, he published his first almanac under the pseudonym of Richard Saunders. It was published for the year of 1733 and once a year for the next 25 years. It contained the calendar, weather predictions, I like predictions, sayings, poems, demographics, recipes, advice, proverbs about industry that's doing business, and frugality. And it was a vehicle of instruction for 
Common people who couldn't afford books. So he considered it literature for the masses. Very interesting. So here is the quote, and I apologize for saying 19, uh, 1932, Chuck. As soon as I said it, I said, no, that's wrong. Here's the quote. If you would not be forgotten as soon as you are dead and rotten, either write things worth reading or do things worth writing. Chuck Shaver, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Thank you for joining me. I love the quote. We usually get quotes from Ben Franklin that are more direct what he said on a speaking tour or on a stump or whatever he was doing in government. But I think this is the first time we've had a quote from poor Richard's Almanac. So tell me, what in the world does this have to do with our topic today, digital selling for quota versus non-quota salespeople? Well, I think for me, why it just hit home was the fact that, you know, you not only want to be active, but you want to be relevant. So there's a lot of people out on social that just want to be, you know, hear their voice or just want to speak their mind. But this is, if you don't say anything that's of value, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to waste time. So this, to me, spoke to that fact in regards to you have to have a strategy and you have to um, have something of value for people that they, you know, want to absorb. And that's where the success lies. Very interesting. Chuck, do you think that uh, people who are non-quota are aware that they need to really learn how to do social, digital selling? Do you think it's something they think, I'll go on Twitter a little bit, I'll beef up my LinkedIn profile? Do you think that there's this undercurrent of it's easy versus Dang, this really takes a lot of work. What's your observation? Um, you know, it's not as high a percentage. I think it's different for for every individual. You know, it, it could be vertically driven, you know, like, like tech groups are a lot more savvy, it seems, in social than, you mm-hmm. know, like a manufacturing type company. But And sometimes it's age. You know, younger people are, are more comfortable with social. But it really... You know, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, you know, work in HR or you work in sales. Um, different people have different comfort levels. So what you really need to do is you need to get, you know, the, the company buy-in. You know, the, you need to build that brand and you need to make sure that people are behind the company in general. And then social is just one of the many communication mediums that they can use. So if they're not comfortable with it, then... You know, that's something that you should educate them on getting comfortable with. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Chuck, we're happy to have you here. Somebody just got a text message. I heard, bing. Let's move on around the table to Kristen Lawrence at Grapevine 6. And Kristen has sent us a wonderful quote. Our quotes are short today. Well, that was a long one from Chuck. This next one is very short. It's five little words. It's from Kermit the Frog, voiced and played by Jim Henson on Sesame Street. And it's from a very popular song called Being Green. It was written by Joe Raposo, performed by Jim Jim Henson is Kermit the Frog, originally on Sesame Street in The Muppet Show. It was later, I didn't know this, Kristen, it was later done as a cover song by Frank Sinatra and other people. And I have a list here. Sinatra did it in 1971. Lena Horne did it on one of her albums. Buddy Rich, uh, Stick It, uh, the drummer Buddy Rich. Van Morrison did it. Della Reese, Diana Ross, Ray Charles. It's an amazing song that everybody seems to have wanted to play. And here's the quote, five little words. It's not easy being green. Kristen Lawrence, you've got to explain this to me. How are you? 
<laughs> Hi, Bonnie. I'm great. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. I love the quote. I love quotes that throw me off track because I have no idea what this has to do with with our topic. So I'm very eager to hear what your explanation is. Go ahead. Talk to me. Sure. So stick with me. You know, the other day I was sitting on the floor playing with my son and he's actually turning one year old next week. And we're playing with one of his favorite toys. It's this big green frog puppet that croaks tunes to nursery rhymes like, Old McDonald had a farm. It's actually pretty bizarre, to be honest. We just <laughs> love this toy. We just so heard we, a mom we, saying a toy was bizarre. I, I, that alone was worth the trip. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I was just playing and thinking about, naturally, the most famous frog of all time. I think he says Kermit the Frog and, and this famous quote. And, you know, I started thinking about how the word green is often used as a slang term for money and how Ah. it's so easy today for companies to focus time on and devote enablement programs only to what they think is most directly related to getting that green, you know, focused on what's going to drive their bottom line. And as it relates to digital selling, they focus on first enabling their quota-carrying sales reps or even sometimes only exclusively enabling them. But as we all know, digital selling is not just about pushing product through someone's social channel to force a hard sale. It's about creating authentic conversations and trusted relationships and adding value throughout the buyer journey like Chuck was mentioning So really to bring it full circle, it's not going to be easy if a digital selling program is focused just on getting that green and lives in a sales silo, meaning Mm -hmm. that it only exists in the sales organization because there's so much opportunity if it is embraced company-wide. Very nicely done, Kristen. And I have to think, as I look back at my opening quote from David Meerman, Scott, you sell more when you stop selling. Can we extend that to you sell more when you stop selling and you stop focusing all of your selling efforts on just your sales organization? Can we can we make that stretch? Sure. I think it's important to still enable the sales team. That's where everything starts, right? But mm-hmm. then if you take it one step further and, and look a little bit deeper, I know we'll talk about this later today in the episode. It's, it's not easy, but it's going to have a lot of really great results. Thank you very much, Kristen. Pleasure to meet you, and we'll find out a little more about what you do in a few minutes, so stick with us. And now let's go one more stop around the roundtable to Marco Kai, a returning guest. He is the Global Head of Social Selling Training and Enablement at SAP, and he sent us a quote from Tom Freston. I actually did not know who Tom Freston is. Born in 1945, I still consider him a reasonably young man. He's an entertainment industry executive in the U.S. He was one of the founding members of the team that created MTV Music Television. He worked on the I Want My MTV ad campaign that helped make the network a cultural phenomenon. In 1987, Tom Freston became the president and CEO of MTV Networks, uh, which launched and operated Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, VH1, Comedy Central, Wow, TV Land, Spike, Country Music Channel, Logo, Noggin, and others. He is currently the principal of Firefly 3 LLC. Interesting, a consulting and investment company Here's the quote Marco has selected from Tom Freston. Quote, innovation is taking two things that already exist and putting them together in a new way. Marco Kai, welcome back to Game Changers Radio. How have you been? Thank you, Bonnie. I've been great. It's been a while. So great to see you on the radio again. 
Thank you very much. You're very sweet. Talk to me about this quote, innovation, putting things together in a new way. What are we talking about here, Marco? Yeah, absolutely. I love this quote because I think it makes lots of sense, like uh, not only in this list, but uh, literally everywhere. But I actually I would like to make a little bit of change to the quote. But I think innovation is actually not taking two things that's uh, uh, literally two things that already exist, but uh, literally it two things that exist. Think about the MTV you just mentioned. That uh, mm-hmm. well, there has been music, there has been show, but then there emerged uh, the video camera. The, mm-hmm. Some people have to come come up with the idea: Can we actually put music and and digital video together? So boom, they got uh, the digitized uh, video, and uh, that changed the uh, industry entirely. And then uh, several years ago, I, uh, I remember when I started, uh, I just started with um, uh, digital selling, uh, or at that time, by that time, we call it social selling. There has been a newly emerged uh, social media, but there has been existing uh, uh, selling skills, like people go to meet people and uh, listen to a customer. These are all existing uh, selling skills. But some people have have then come to the idea that, okay, can we, how can we actually uh, put uh, these two things together? Like uh, how can we actually accelerate uh, the selling or um, get to uh, generate business more quickly or more uh, accurately by putting digital technology or social media together with the existing sales? So I think that comes uh, to the big topic of uh, digital selling uh, nowadays. And then back to the topic today, I think, um, in the past several years, we have seen some front runners that are really innovative, are really uh, think out of box, like marketers, HR, and they, they learn about social selling, but they not they, they didn't uh, limit themselves in the box, but they are thinking like, oh, okay, this sounds something really cool, and intuitively, of course, it intuitively sounds like something for salespeople, but uh, can actually benefit my department, my business as well, and boom, we, we saw a lot of best practices, something really exciting that you can never imagine, uh, like out-of-box thinking and makes them uh, really successful, so I think... Um, Whenever there are changes or new things, it's more important like how you look at it and how you um, can be bold to take these changes or uh, into something exist and uh, to make yourself uh, more successful and competitive in the future. So that's why I really love this quote. Thank you. I love the quote, too. I'm, I'm very happy the way you explained it. Thank you very much, Marco. I'm very glad to have you back. I had never heard of Tom Freston, and you know, it's always, uh, it just sounds interesting, but it's always a delight for me to get quotes from people or characters like Kermit the Frog and, uh, and the quote that we got from Poor Richard's Almanac from Chuck Shaver. It's always part of my pleasure when I'm setting up these shows to be able to do the research and find out. It just makes my world bigger. So I want to thank the three of you for such interesting quotes and, and introducing me to such interesting characters. That said, Chuck Shaver, we're going around the table to you, and we have a couple of questions for you. Number one, where in the world are you today? Because our audience is global, and they would love to know where you're calling in from. Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you? And number three, talking about powering, what do you do at Vingresso? What's your role, and what's your passion in your work? So Chuck Shaver, you're up first. Okay, Chuck um, Shaver. I am based out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I am the sales director and one of the associate partners at Vengresso. Um, breakfast beverage for me is coffee. Um, sometimes I take it black. Sometimes I like a vanilla protein mix in it. Mm. 
Mm. As opposed to cream, because it's got more nutrients and it's like sweetens it up like a cream, but it's a little sweeter, but it's better for you. So that's my That's interesting. Okay. Um, but what I do for Ben Grasso, I mean, we're a worldwide company and, and everything, you know, most of our meetings are online anywhere, so I can do that from South Dakota. And, mm-hmm. and I just meet with people and talk to them about their business and, you know, whether it's typically sales training is what we do. So we teach them how to be more comfortable in digital, how to do outreach and how to grow their network and how to create more conversations and get higher close ratios. Thank you very much. You have a, an interesting way of messaging at Van Gresso. I sent a message to one of your partners, Bernie Borges, who's been on this, these shows with us many, many times, Chuck. And instead of an out-of-office message, I got an email that said, please click below. I have a video for you. And I clicked on the link, and there was Bernie, as, as alive as Bernie is, with his wonderful blue glasses. And I clicked the link, and he says, hi, I'm at such and such an event. I can't can't reply right now, but please know that I'm thinking about you, something like that. And it was really, really interesting uh, to see technology being used in that way, Chuck. And then below, there's an arrow that's it's kind of pulsing, I want to say throbbing. And the arrow, he says, look at some of our recent. Uh, podcasts on, on certain topics and he's got over a dozen links with pictures of the people he spoke to on these podcasts so he turned a simple out of office into an opportunity to be personalized to me to sell to promote what he's doing to let me know what's going on uh, do you think that there this is a, a tool that salespeople are already embracing on a, a broad basis Chuck or is this a new method um, certainly not embracing, I would say, but a lot of people are aware of it. You know, um, we, I mean, we teach in the digital space, but what I tell, you know, businesses that I work with on a daily basis is the fact that sales really hasn't changed. Um, what's mm-hmm. changed is tools. You know, it, it's still yeah. about relationships, adding value, um, fixing problems, um, you know, and having some sort of return on their investment with you. So, um, you know, these tools like Bernie did, I mean, we all have out-of-office videos um, Mm -hmm. because pictures are worth a thousand words. It's an easy way to say, hey, I'm out of office. If you want to get a hold of me, click this link to schedule an appointment. If you want to send me an email, you click here and send an email. And, hey, here's some information I can share some value with you in the meantime. Or, you know, if you need immediate response, here's our tech support line or whatever. You know, it gives them on their time uh, information that they may need to, you know, it's a customer satisfaction uh, level and a personalization level. So it's, but we do that with follow-up meetings as well. We send videos, we send content, uh, we post that same content sometimes to social mediums and mm-hmm. it's a way to build those relationships. And that's what it's always been in selling and building a company is, image brand relationships, you know, and and delivering on service. Thank you very much. I I really enjoyed that out-of-office message. I thought it was very clever. And the fact that it's new and fresh was what intrigued me. So when I said, is it being used broadly, I almost hope it's not because it was really cool to see it as standing out from the crowd. Thank you, Chuck. Pleasure to have you on board. Kristen Lawrence at Grapevine 6. Same three questions. Where in the world are you today? What's your favorite drink that powers you to do what you do? And what do you do at Grapevine 6? Kristen Lawrence. 
Well, Bonnie, I am calling in today from Charlotte, North Carolina, so not too far from you, just a few that's hours right. down yeah. I-85. Mm-hmm. I know that drive really well, uh, having gone to UNC Chapel Hill, so go Tar Heels. Hopefully, you're not a big fan. Um, <laughs> all joking aside. I, I haven't picked a sports. I've only been here a year and a half in Durham, so I haven't picked sides yet, but I know it's vicious, so <laughs> we'll just leave that one alone. If you're Tar Heels, I'm Tar Heels. Go ahead, go ahead Kristen. There you go. There you Tucker go. Road's a very short few miles, but we have a lot of loyalty there. So there you um, go. <laughs> so in terms of drinks, so I'm not I'm not drinking it right now. It's a bit early, but my favorite drink is one that I had a few years ago, and I have been trying desperately to recreate it ever since. So I I love the cocktail called an old fashioned. It's oh, a yeah. really classic drink. It's not mm-hmm. that complex to be honest. I think there's maybe three or four ingredients. Um, but I'm always looking for something that's a little bit more unique. Well, I was in Iceland not too long ago, and I had what they called a Nordic old-fashioned. And Ooh. it was really unique because they actually infused the, the liquor that they used with local herbs. I asked the bartender. He said it's elderflower, and they even used some local Icelandic moss, which sounds a bit strange, but... When it was combined with the sugar in the drink, it had this really interesting, complex, but balanced flavor that was really earthy and sweet. It was, it was so good. And I've tried to recreate it at home, and I've failed miserably. Aww. So I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm just going to have to go back one day uh, to Iceland and hopefully go back in the wintertime to see the northern lights because I've always Beautiful. been there in the summer. Yeah, so it's that's a good goal. That. By the way, I found a recipe for you at NorthShoreDistillery.com slash Nordic-Old-Fashioned. It was posted in 2014 as a recipe. And Nordic Old Fashioned, they take two ounces of Aquavit Private Reserve. They add a quarter ounce of simple syrup and five to six drops of chocolate mocha bitters. Does that sound good with a swath of orange peel? Does that sound like the right recipe? That sounds like something I could definitely get on board with. So please do send it my way. <laughs> I will. NorthShoreDistillery.com. I will, I will tweet it, actually. So when you take a look at the Twitter, I'm just going to put that out for you. So tell us what you do now that we know what you love to drink and what your travel <laughs> pleasures are. Absolutely. So I lead client success at Grapevine 6. And Grapevine 6 is a digital selling engagement platform. So the company uses artificial intelligence really to help sales team uh, generate more results through social, uh, especially using personalized and compliant content to help people build relationships and connect with buyers and help influence the buying decision. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you on. And I've had several of your colleagues on as well, several of Chuck's colleagues. So we're always happy to see Vin Gresso and Grapevine 6 on our shows. And now let's move around the table to Marco Kai. Marco, how have you been? Where are you today? What do you love to drink? And bring us up to date on what's been keeping you busy. Oh, my God. Uh, things changed a little bit. Uh, this time I'm calling from Paris. I moved to Paris uh, starting from this year. And uh, 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 finally, today we have some sunlight. I'm so happy about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, and something I like to drink is uh, actually a, a little bit uh, cliche, but uh, I really li- love drink uh, green tea, but uh, with a little bit of honey and uh, some, mm. some of the a little bit uh, uh, blue blueberry juice. Uh, that tastes so good. If you haven't have never tried that, um, you probably won't try. Um, mm. 
And uh, for my job, I work for ISP. Everyone knows that ISP is, uh, uh, was, used to be one of the leading ERP companies, but now we're moving to clouds um, mm-hmm. and uh, expanding to LB uh, business um, softwares. And we are also one of the uh, one of the companies in the whole world that starts with uh, enabling uh, the the employees with adjusting probably um, in the world. That uh, currently we have uh, probably one of the largest base, bases of uh, um, salespeople who are practicing adjusting. Uh, and I'm so glad that we have a uh, Christian. Uh, we we definitely need to um, connect because <laughs> we're actually also one of the biggest uh, partner with uh, Graphics on digital selling. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's me. Well, very nice to have you back, Marco. We've, uh, we always enjoy your presence on the shows. Anybody wondering, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm the producer, creator, host of Everything Game Changers Radio for SAP. Last year, we will have to do a shout-out to the million and a quarter listeners we had all over the world last year. I think you're enjoying our comfortable, real-person, authentic conversation format that we've developed over the many years we've been doing Game Changers Radio. You're right now tuned into Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. In case you're scratching your head and saying, wait a minute, Digital Selling, this used to be called Changing the Game with Social Selling Radio, but uh, the ex- the executive team, the sponsors, Kirsten Boyleau at SAP and her team said, no, nah, we've got to update that from Social Selling to Digital Selling. So that's what we're calling talking about. As I mentioned with uh, Kristen Lawrence a moment ago, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. It's a beautiful sunny day. We had crazy crazy weather yesterday. We went from torrential downpour and nearby there were hail and I think close to tornado speed winds. Uh, And then about a half hour later it was sunny and beautiful and calm and beautiful in in the high 80s and then we had another rainstorm. So I think this is Florida weather. I I shudder to think. I'm drinking cool clear water out of a beautiful black and white decorated mug and I've been told that no longer should we use plastic straws because they, to use a, a vernacular, they gunk up our waterways when they're disposed of. So as soon as I'm done with this box of plastic straws, I'm going to head online and find out the best brand of paper straws, and that's what I'm going to do for the for the ecology of the planet coming up later this year. All right, I'll do it sooner. I won't wait. Um, so anyway, I'm drinking cool, clear water because they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and you know why. Uh, big announcement, our Coffee Break with Game Changers show, that's my flagship show, been doing eight years for SAP, will be soon turning into a brand new series. Series Wednesdays at 11 a.m. here on the Business Channel called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. Slightly different format, all future-focused, hot topics, the future of anything you can imagine. So I hope you'll tune into that show. So right now we're going to take a quick break, 90 seconds. We're talking to three experts on the field of digital selling for quota versus non-quota salespeople. My special guests today are Chuck Shaver at Vengresso. Go Vengresso! Kristen Lawrence at Grapevine 6. Go Grapevine 6! And Marco Kai at SAP. Go SAP! There I did my thing. I hope the Tar Heels would approve. Don't even think of touching that mouse that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back 90 seconds. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. 
Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the game with digital selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with digital selling. Yes, indeed. We're talking about how digital selling works for quota versus non-quota salespeople, and I could change the versus to an and. My special panelists today are Chuck Shaver at Vengresso, Kristen Lawrence at Grapevine 6, and Marco Kai at SAP. Chuck Shaver is going to start the roundtable, and here are two comments he sent me in his notes. Just let, bear with me here, Chuck, for a minute. I'm going to combine two of your statements because I think they're an important setup for the roundtable. First, you say first impressions are everything. And since a lot of the time it's a non-quota employee who could be your receptionist, pre-sales, business development, who is the first point of contact or the first phase of engagement with a prospect or a customer, then digital selling skills are a must-have to put your best foot forward for everybody in the company. Now let me segue into another statement and we'll combine them. You say 62% of B2B decision makers review a person's LinkedIn profile before deciding to speak with a rep of the company according to a LinkedIn 2018 state of sales report talking about the good first impression. So Chuck, why don't you talk to to us about is LinkedIn the first line of, uh, shall I say, defense when uh, somebody is, is looking up your company, they might look up anybody they know or anybody they've seen in your company. So Chuck, why don't you expand us for us, please? Um, well, you know, LinkedIn is the most searched um, form of communication for anyone on social and B2B social. Uh, when they look for somebody. So if they go out and they search your company and they look you up by name, that's usually one of the top of the list things that will come up if, as long as you've got a profile out there and it exists and you've got some of the associations with the company, et cetera. So, you know, that, that sometimes could be their first impression. I mean, when they go out to a business, it's, you know, if you've got a bad profile picture, if you've got no banner, no, you know, messaging whatsoever, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we poke fun a lot of times at the fact that people like to say, I'm a quota crusher and I've hit president's club, you know, the mm-hmm. last five straight years and, and I'm a real go getter and I'm always the top of, you know, my, my group or my sales team or whatever. Um, which also transitions to, you know, any title within the company. I mean, it's too many people write it like a resume and you have to look at it like, like I addressed earlier, things sales and running a business hasn't changed much. It's the tools that have changed. So you got to look at it like if I went to a business event, would they say, hey, you know, who are you? Oh, I'm Chuck Shaver. I'm a quota crusher. Um, <laughs> I, I always am the top of sales. It's going to be, well, I don't want to talk to this guy. He's a shark. Or 
and or arrogant or whatever. You know, you've got to look at it like what's going to appeal to that customer. And first, I've got to look good for that split second, good first impression. Then I've got to instill value. So that's what we talk about when, I mean, we talk a lot about LinkedIn, but it's all a social. You know, they can still find your Facebook. They can still look at your Twitter. And those can be more casual, but people will find you that way. And you've got to think about how you're going to portray to the people that you want to work with professionally. So it's all about image. It's all about that first impression. Very, very interesting. Yes, that's a great point for our topic today. Let's move around the table. Kristen Lawrence at Grapevine 6. Agree or disagree with what Chuck just shared with us and anything you'd like to add to that, please? I absolutely agree with Chuck's comment about using your profiles in a way that's going to instill value. This is what we call social proof. This is your opportunity to showcase your online brand. Just as you're doing research or as you should be doing research on your prospects before you pick up a phone to call them or reach out to them in some way to try to find some sort of humanizing element or something that you can use to start a communication or conversation with them, they're going to be doing research on you too. So you can use your profiles to validate yourself explain how you provide value or solve someone's challenges. Be that solution profile, uh, provider. And with everything, think about how a customer or a prospect is going to read that. Think about, are you offering value? Are you going to differentiate yourself? And to take it one step further, you can also use your social profiles as a way to attract individuals. There is incredible power uh, when you think about SEO, search engine optimization within your social media profiles, where you can be found if someone is searching for a leader in the industry. So you can treat your profiles almost like a mini website and use keywords that you want to be found for. Come up with four or five different keywords or phrases and put them in your profile, on your headline, in your summary, in your job description, even in the file name of what photo you use for your profile photo or background photo because mm-hmm. websites look at the name of the, the image URL. Use all of this to your advantage to help yourself become found. And then, yes, your polished profile and the content that you publish is going to make that good first impression and further provide that validation or social proof needed to form that relationship. Thank you very much. It's very, very important. Uh, Marco, Kai, love to get your thoughts on this. Agree or disagree with what your co-panelists just shared? Talk to me. Oh, uh, 100%. And uh, I just want to add, uh, uh, add just one, scenario, one more scenario that uh, uh, besides the customer, I'm constantly checking you because you uh, because now it's digital and uh, uh, 90, 80% of uh, decision makers in the B2B world, they actually use uh, actively use search engine, uh, whatever, uh, LinkedIn or Google, whatever, to search for the experts they can trust and have a talk. But in the meantime, as a, as a quarter carrier or non-carrier, that's uh, anyone who needs to engage with customer. When you reach out to your customer, you, you actually leave a lot of the footprint in the digital world, and mm-hmm. that also gives your uh, prospects an uh, opportunity to check your bags. That's why you're having a really good uh, value center, customer-centric um, social profile as actually Absolutely, the basement for your um, for your foundation of your your uh, selling activity. No matter you are using it for quota uh, um, generating or just for uh, customer engagement. So I'm 100% with what Judge Huggy and uh, Kristen just said. 
Thank you very much. Chuck, I'm going to move on to something here. I'm going to flip this on its ear, if you if you don't mind me saying that. Um, we've talked about the first point of contact. Could be anybody in your company. Yes, they need to have a social profile, digital profile. Yes, it is. could be your company's best foot forward. Everybody needs to be credible and have something to do with the purpose of your company, and that's all great. But uh, I'm looking at Kristen Lawrence's notes, and you say, Non-quota characters, non-quota carriers often don't understand why it's important to them. So let's talk about how do you encourage participation in training. And if there's not enough training bandwidth, Kristen, for your non-quota carriers, how do you get them on board? It's great to say, okay, receptionist, we're going to look at your LinkedIn profile. We're going to get you a Twitter handle. We're going to teach you how to do this and that. And this person, male or female, is or whatever, is saying... I'm kind of busy. What do I need that for? How do you get them to buy into this? Kristen, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest challenges for any organization, not only when they're implementing a digital selling program, but any new program or process that's going to require a change of behavior. With anything that you're doing that's new, it's really helpful to try to demonstrate the value or the benefit up front to help gain buy-in. We know that people are busy and they're really good at weeding out things that take time but don't have a direct and quick impact on their core job function unless they see the value up front. Well, the same applies to digital selling. I'm not going to lie, digital selling does require work. It does take time. Companies have all different requirements, but you should get trained. You might have to take a course on policy before you're allowed to participate. You need to set up your profiles, and then you have to be continually publishing content. Having a presence isn't enough. Uh, Given all of this, it's easy to understand why somebody um, may have a hard time saying, you know, this isn't my, my job. Why should I participate? How is it going to help me? But what they need to understand is that it can have a massive impact on their role. Anyone at a company has the opportunity to create and promote their digital brand. It's their opportunity to make themselves visible, to stand out from their peers, to be authentic, to establish credibility. You know, overall, it's going to increase somebody's impact their influence, and quite honestly, their their income either at their current job or if they happen to mm-hmm. switch companies or careers because they have that presence. So, you know, again, I think if you reduce the time to value, uh, meaning the time that it takes someone to perceive the value from doing something new, um, for non-quota carriers, the organization can help employees see that value by identifying people that are seeing good results and helping to spread their story throughout the organization during team meetings or even more formal campaigns that might highlight somebody or spotlight the success that they're seeing and how they're able to achieve it. Because when you can make that value clear and also make it relatable, could be somebody that's sitting in a cubicle, you know, right down the the office for them, that's when you're going to get the attention and the buy-in that you need. Thank you very much. I I like that a lot. Uh, Marco, why don't you add your comments to that, thoughts about getting the non-quota carriers on the bandwagon, if you will, so that they understand the importance and how do you get them to, to make the time and put the effort into it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I just want to echo a little bit uh, on Christian's uh, comments that, mm-hmm. uh, of course, that to practice in digital selling uh, requires some time, like, like extra time. But uh, in the meantime, once the non-quarter carrier, uh, because it's quite intuitive for the salespeople to get the, the business, I, I, I get it. But for the non-quarter carrier, they were like, okay, um, I, I, I kind of know what it, what it is, but uh, that will act add some extra work. But I tell you that uh, uh, within our company or some, uh, somewhere else, we, we have sold on marketers or pre-sales people because of the very core idea of this selling is to change your behavior uh, along with the change of behavior of the customers because your customer are digitalized and uh, how they want to do business with, with brand, interact with brand has changed. So that requires anyone that have, have to interact or engage with com- customer to uh, move along with that change. So we have some so many uh, best practices over un- unexpected cases from even uh, either marketers and pre-sales using the skills or technologies or tools digital selling to improve how they uh, pro- uh, pro- uh, prospect the customer and engage with customer and some even use digital selling to uh, reinvent the way that uh, uh, the, uh, uh, a physical event was uh, organized and uh, engaged with customer. So that has been uh, incredibly, uh, um, incredibly uh, amazing. So I, I, I think I'm just totally agree with uh, Krista. Uh, I think uh, um, view selling is absolutely for anyone that needs to engage and uh, facing customers. Thank you very much. Chuck Shaver, join us. What do you think? How do we get them on board, get them energized, get them to commit time and take it seriously? Well, I think it's their involvement is maybe a, a little bit different. You know, I mean, we, we come in and we quote, digitally transform companies. And when we do that, we always do that with sales. They're, you know, they are the revenue generators. They're the ones that are supposed to do it, and it's easy to uh, justify that because there's ROI that they can put behind their investment. But what happens is when we complete that, then they say, well, we should probably have the managers go through this too because they're also, you know, a part of the company. They also manage these people, so they Mm -hmm. need to know the language and speak the language, then they do that. Then it's, oh, well, maybe business support should do that too because they're also involved with customers and they support, even though they don't have direct quota, they're kind of a part of a team that's quota. And then it's it just keeps spiraling and spiraling because, you know, and I always use the analogy of a restaurant, okay? I might know the owner of this restaurant. I might walk in and, you know, business development may be that host or hostess. Great first impression, how's it going? I look around like I, you know, their building, and that might be their website. Looks good. Everything looks great. Then I meet the salesperson, the server. They sit down. They're well-dressed. They know the menu. They're spot on. They're not too pushy, trying to upsell me on some special or mm-hmm. whatever. I enjoy it, but if the food isn't great or mm-hmm. the, even the busboy is, is, you know, a mess, and smells and <laughs> oh. spills something on my table oh. ruin the whole situation. You know, and, and that's the point is everyone affects the outcome of a business. It doesn't matter if you directly are uh, responsible for quota. You affect quota. You affect revenue. I love the analogy, Chuck. That was great. I'm trying to tweet at the same time I'm listening to you. Everyone affects the outcome and revenue of your company uh, sales and all non-sales uh, 
people need a strong digital presence. And uh, shall we say best you know, foot forward? In, Go ahead. As far as their involvement, too, you know, they they need to be on board. And that's that's a part of, you know, what your company philosophy is, you know, and what, what, what everyone's position is. I men- mentioned this call to my wife this morning, and I was asking her opinion. Now, she's in the medical field, and she owns her own practice, and, and she has a staff that works for her, and I asked, and, you know, they're not as social. They're more of a B2C, you know, type social, not, not mm-hmm. really the LinkedIn side like me, but she said, I asked her her opinion on this, and she said, if you have employees that are not living the values of your company and what they hold a value, then you don't want them on social. And perhaps you don't want them in your company. Oh. But if they are, but if they are a good employee, if they do believe in the product and the services and the mission, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want them out there speaking at? Because they know people that you don't. They have connections that you don't. That's true. It's an amplification of you would want everyone that believes in you and is speaking your, you know, your company phrase out there to areas that you may not. Very well put. Um, I, I want to go around the table and, and see. Uh, let me just take this a little step further. Kristen, why don't we get you to talk about if you agree or disagree, if you like the, the restaurant, um, <laughs> the analogy. I thought that was really cool. Do you have something you would like to share, a different analogy, or did you agree with Chuck? And then we'll, we'll talk to Marco about that as well. Kristen? No, I, I agree with Chuck's comment that everyone has an impact on whether it's a restaurant and the experience or digital selling and, and the program. I, you know, I saw a statistic pretty recently from Forrester, and they said that over 11 pieces of content in the buying process are consumed on average. That's a lot of content. So if a buyer is only seeing that content online from sales professionals, it's going to be a pretty flat or siloed message that they're receiving. But if everyone at a company from pre-sales to engineering is involved in their digital program, a company is going to be able to create a multi-dimensional experience for the buyer. It's just like how the tablecloths and the waiters and the music mm-hmm. and the ambience and the food all works together in Chuck's analogy. Because when a buyer can be touched by content or relationships from a number of different sources and on different channels and with different messaging from different people, if it's done well, it can create this really unique, consistent, and unified voice of the company that also is going to reach such a much larger audience than just from the quota-carrying reps alone. So absolutely, I think you really have to have that unified, multi-dimensional approach to create that holistic experience. Thank you very much. Marco, I'd like you to chime in on this. And Marco, we're almost out of time. We're almost ready for our predictions round. But Marco, why don't you share with us, please? Mm. We talked about LinkedIn. Where else do you think employees should have that presence? Uh, should they, and this is a question I often ask on these shows. I'll start with Marco and we'll go quickly around the table. 
do you think people should have two yeah. separate Facebook identities, one for their role in your company and one for personal with different names, different pictures so that there's no overlap or confusion? And I've asked this question of uh, Sherelle Robinson Brown. I think we asked it of Kirsten Boyleau. We've asked it of, of several other people on this similar topic. So, Marco, what's your thought on what's the best way for your non-quota carriers to have that presence? Where should they be besides LinkedIn? Well, um, there, I have to say there has been uh, this continuous uh, debate about uh, about this. I think the best way to put it is uh, depends on the the culture and the market where you are. Like in some country, that people are um, very used to get everything mixed up. But uh, in general, uh, well, at least in our our program, we, we do recommend people to separate their personal social media, especially if you work in a B two B company because you want to speak the customer language, you want to talk about value. But it it would be somehow really weird uh, if you have personal social bra- uh, social media platform, but you talk about the business all day, right? That will annoy your friends. <laughs> so. Uh, and in the meantime, if you have a customer on your social media, but you, you constantly put something that you get drunk on, uh, in a bar in Barcelona or in Paris, that will uh, damage your social brand. So, for example, my, myself, I have uh, thinking, of course, it's for, for business, no, no doubt. But uh, in the meantime, I have actually two uh, Twitter, two Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we have very, uh, very uh, a practical uh, social media guideline for anyone who wants to practice social selling uh, or digital selling, uh, what to get involved and uh, what to uh, to avoid, something like that. So to your question, I think, uh, first question, I think, yeah, I, if, especially if you're working in the B2B uh, field, then we recommend that you think about uh, uh, separate your personal uh, uh, social media from uh, uh, from uh, social, uh, uh, digital selling practice. And the second thing uh, depends on where you are. Uh, besides LinkedIn, you can also think about blog and uh, uh, Twitter. And if you are in Germany, uh, definitely think about the thing. And if you are mm-hmm. in China, think, definitely think about WeChat. So uh, it's hard to uh, put uh, put a principle on, on that. But uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I think people really need to make this thing for, themse- for themselves. Thank you very much. Uh, Chuck, let's go around to you. Oh, we're technically in the crystal ball prediction fan. I tell you what, Chuck, why don't you tell me after LinkedIn where you think people, your non-quota carriers should be as far as a digital presence? Should they have two Facebook accounts? And then give me a one-line prediction for what will change about this topic if we talked about it in 2025. Chuck, I know that's a lot of pressure, but I'm only giving you 60 seconds, so think fast. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um uh, and I apologize, there's a jet flying overhead, so if there's background. Can't but, hear it. Uh, it's fine. Tell the, them to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said that I, I lost you on the two Facebook. Should somebody have two Facebook profiles? Yes. Like a business and a, and a yep. personal? Yep. I don't, I don't think so. I, you know, it's, I look at Facebook like um, it may be dying off, you know, a little bit, and and it's, still good to have, but, you know, most people these days are connected with their mom, you know, or, and, and mm. relatives. And if they can't see what you're posting out there, then, you know, I, I would assume that it's business appropriate <laughs> to some point. So, <laughs> you know, I, okay. you know, I don't Thank- believe in that. LinkedIn is, is the big beast. I mean, that's where we focus most of our efforts just because, that's where the powerhouse is. Is it going to be gone in five years? No. Uh, is it going to be smaller or larger than it is today? 
Who knows? Um, okay, I need your prediction. You know, point, I, yeah, what's your prediction? Go ahead. Uh, my prediction is nothing's going to change but the tools. Oh! The tools will change. Um, That's great. Like I said before, sales hasn't changed since sales started. I mean, it, it's all about tools. So, you know, farmers 200 years ago versus farmers today use a lot different equipment, a lot different tools. It's done differently. And if you don't adapt and you don't change and you don't new, use the new tools then you're going to get left behind. You're not going to be able to compete in the modern market. And that's what social selling is. Thank you very it's much, Kristen Lawrence. I've got... to your advantage. Thank you. I love that. I love the prediction, Chuck. Kristen Lawrence, 90 seconds. All yours. Go ahead. Prediction, please. Perfect. So I'm going to expand on what Chuck said. I uh, totally agree that there are so many tools and technologies that are going to help sellers and, and also non-sellers alike become effective at digital selling in combination with the training and the support and the enablement that companies provide. When you look at the tools and technologies, a lot of them have some sort of automation piece that is going to help reduce the time to find content, to reach out, to connect, to start conversations. And some automation is great. It's Everywhere today, I feel like automation is, and it's increasing efficiency, but it's really important that that doesn't mean that personalized and customized engagement should be forgotten. Bonnie, at the very beginning of the show, you mentioned Bernie's out-of-office video that was very personalized and, mm-hmm. and unique. Yes, it was, it was still automated, but it was more, it was more personalized, yeah. and that personalization is needed now more than ever, especially if you're talking about digital enablement with thousands and thousands of of people at a company. Everyone can't be sharing the same message over and over. It's not engagement. It's not authentic. So you can't forget to be human. So finally, when I think that about how technology is evolving to help us become more efficient and better digital sellers, those that are also able to keep a human-to-human connection and relationship, those are the people that are really going to be the most impactful and the most powerful. Thank you very much, Marco. Kai, I say, oh, Marco, I've got uh, 30, 45 seconds for you. What's your prediction, please? You know how to do this fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think just as uh, as uh, Kristen and uh, Chuck just mentioned, I think uh, tools are definitely going to change. Like uh, in the past years, we have so many new tools added to our uh, digital selling, um, uh, digital selling uh, franchise. But in the meantime, I think one another thing, important thing to watch is the uh, change of behavior uh, because of the technology. Think about the, the mm. Google AI assistant. Maybe in the future, you are going to interact more as a salespeople or, or, or marketer, you are going to interact with more AI assistant. Then that would mean that you probably think, need to think about some new uh, strategy or skills, how to sell and how to engage with customer before you actually reach out to the real customer. So uh, it's a little bit hard to uh, decide because the technologies are changing and developing so fast. But uh, yeah, I think the tools and the technology change of behavior with definitely something we want to watch for where digital selling is heading to. Thank you very much. Thank you to the three of you and a shout out to Kirsten Boileau who has renewed this series year in and year out. We really enjoy working with you and your team on great content. Kirsten, thank you so much. Thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at the Business Channel at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. With my shout out to all of you, thank you for listening and I know why I have a message for all of you. Here we go. 
Oh, by the way, I have to shout out to uh, AJ, who is uh, Mohammed Arif. We appreciate all the work he does putting these shows together. Thank you, AJ. We send you a big hug for your hard work on these shows. Okay, here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Chuck Shaver and his colleagues at Vingresso, just like Kristen Lawrence and her colleagues at Grapevine 6, and of course, just like Marco Kai and his colleagues at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern with Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.